If you've read my book, The Financial Red Pill, you know that the best way to use a rewards card is to use it on purchases and bills you are already going to buy and pay for. That way, you get cash back on your normal living expenses. But what if there was a credit card that pays you cash back in crypto? Not only are you getting cash back for paying your living expenses, but you're getting it back in an asset that is appreciating and still has a long way to go before it's at its peak. Motley Fool recently conducted a study that says there are 50 million Americans that don't own Bitcoin yet, but want to. What's holding them back is knowledge and understanding. They will gain that in time. You want to get ahead of them by getting invested now and own as much Bitcoin as you can. And a great way to own more Bitcoin is to use the BlockFi credit card. It allows you to earn up to 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every purchase, no matter what you're buying or what you're paying for. BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Credit Card. See if you're pre-approved with no impact to your credit score. No annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Earn more of the best performing asset of the last decade. Get yours today at reinventideal.com slash credit. That's reinventideal.com slash credit. Available to U.S. residents in qualified states. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. See, you're struggling though. You need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're going to lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. Answering a listener email today that I think is very important that we have this talk here about this particular subject here. Here's, here's what it says. And I guarantee you that as I read this, a lot of guys are going to be able to relate to this and to kind of think the same way. How can you be anything but black pill in today's world? Is what the subject line of the email said. And then the rest of it here says, Everyone hates us just for the way we're born. Women hold all the power. If she doesn't want me to approach her, she can say I'm harassing her and everyone will believe her. Even if we're married, she can end that anytime and be rewarded for ending that. If a woman can destroy my life from the very beginning at approach, and even at the end with divorce, where she can clean me out of all I've built, how can I be anything but black pill and nihilist? Very good question. And I think it's important for us to have this conversation here, because what the listener here is really asking is what reason do i have to be happy i mean life is pretty tough especially for guys right now the world's gonna have you believe the opposite it's gonna tell you oh you're privileged you got male privilege and of course we all know that that's bullshit but let me bring this uh, to your attention here is instead of focusing on the negatives like many of these black pill doomers do or the MGTOWs or the even the mras instead of focusing on the negatives how about we just have one episode where we focus on the positives, son? What are the great things about being a guy? What are the things you should be grateful for? Because I'll tell you what, great gratitude is what makes a lot of people very happy. There's not a single happy person on earth that is ungrateful, and there is not a single good person on this earth that is ungrateful. So if we exercise gratitude here, find things to be grateful for, I guarantee you, your life is going to change for the better here. I mean, imagine, can you... Make yourself instantly happy 
right away just by thinking something. Yes, you can. And today, I'm going to point out six things that are going to do that for you. Because, yeah, we can all sit here and moan about the bad stuff, about how we're constantly reminded that we're inadequate with unrealistic body standards that are force-fed to us since childhood. I mean, look at the bodies of action figures and superheroes and athletes that were made to idolize. It is much worse for men than it is for women. They constantly complain, Oh, you hold us to these unrealistic beauty standards. No guy's holding you to it. You hold yourself to it. But look at how the standards that we're held to. Look at those. Look at the bodybuilders and everything that we're told to aspire to be. We're pressured to display wealth liberally and extravagantly without being told how to attain it. And many of us, we, we know it's hard to attain, but we're encouraged to part with it indiscriminately. We're told it's expected of us to have the love of a woman while not being told how to achieve it. And then we're ridiculed when we seek how to achieve it. When we seek to learn that. And let's not forget that we're expected to be successful. And if we're not, we're looked down upon like losers. The world is very quick to tell you, hey, you're a loser when you're a guy that's not successful. And no one shows us how we're supposed to just figure it out on our own. And then if we're successful, we're told it's because of male privilege. List of grievances can go on. I know I complain about them a lot, probably too. I try not to, but I probably do. But let's focus today on on the positives. What are some great things about being a guy that you should recognize to make yourself instantly happy? Because I can think of six things right off the bat, where even when I see these Instagram queens living the easiest life possible on Instagram, you know, the guys are flying them out all over the place and paying for everything, giving them this most luxurious life, and they don't even have to work. They never have a job. And they're being exposed to life's luxuries just because of the way that they look, all paid for by simps. Even when I see that, when I'm busting my ass off doing hard work, particularly back when I was in the corporate America hellhole, I just remind myself of these six things, and immediately I'm like, you know what? I love being male, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. What are they? Number one, you can't get pregnant. You see, women, they're called the gatekeepers of sex because they have the residual risks and high reproductive costs that us guys don't have. Now, MRAs will point out that men have the same cost because if sex results in a pregnancy carried to term, well, you're going to have to pay the child support payments. You got 100% responsibility and 0% authority. So before we proceed here, I got to tell all guys, hey, the risk still exists for you. So please wrap it before you tap it. Wear a damn condom. If you're a guy that does not wear a condom when you have sex, you are an idiot and you deserve all the pain that you are causing for yourself. And in fact, I hope you do cause a lot of pain for yourself. Because we can tell you how costly an illegitimate kid can be. It's uh, According to the USDA, they say it costs 233000 But I'll tell you what, that's only measuring from age 0 to 17. If you just look at the fact that kids never stop coming to their parents for money, I think you're probably going to spend a good 750000 to $1 million on a kid. And that money could have otherwise been invested to reach financial freedom which would have allowed you the lifestyle to have as many children as you wanted with lives fully paid for. And even unwanted pregnancies that end in abortion. That's not cheap either. And let's not forget the medical and psychological risks. So yeah, guys, please wrap it before you tap it. But also, be grateful for the fact that you can't get pregnant. Be grateful for the fact that you don't have the trouble that so many women are experiencing right now being single mothers, which makes them less appealing as potential partners for marriage or even relationships. They have very limited options because very few guys want to be priority number two at best when it comes to their love lives. 
Because, you know, kids need constant supervision up until at least age 12. And if left unsupervised before that age, you can be charged with child neglect. So be very grateful that you're male and don't have to face that kind of risk where you're constantly carrying a child with you. You have no idea, like, it really is like a ball and chain that drags you down in life. And nobody talks about this here because it's so politically incorrect to say this, that a kid is anything but a blessing. To even hint at the idea that a kid is a curse or... Something that's going to be a real pain in the ass that's going to hinder you throughout your life here with your riches and your happiness and your wealth and your health. To even hint at that. It's so frowned upon. But you see, I can say this with authority here. I'm uniquely qualified to say this because I was an unplanned pregnancy. I was an unwanted child. And let's not forget, just it's no good for the kid either. Because children are sentient beings as well with their own social and emotional needs. And for an unwanted child, those needs are hardly ever met, if at all. So be very grateful that you're male and you don't have this problem. For God's sakes, please wear a condom. Do not leave it up to the woman to take her birth control and do it correctly. There's a rule in uh, Iron Rules of Tomasi. says never let her control the birth. Do not leave it up to luck that you pull out in time. Do not attempt to time the best day of the month. To have unprotected sex. Because I'll tell you what, there's just been too many cases out there of paternity fraud and wrongful paternity where the woman tricked the man into getting her pregnant so she could lock him down and remain attached to him long term. So use a condom, and when you're done with a condom, you flush it down the toilet. Don't put it in the trash where it can be retrieved. But that's the first thing to be happy about is that you can't get pregnant. You have a great deal of control over the offspring that you have. You can wear a condom every time you have sex. Or you can get a vasectomy and you got nothing to worry about each time that you have sex. Number two, your value is based on deep, meaningful things, not shallow, stupid things. A man is valued for his skills and his talents. And these are things that you forge through hard work. They're not so easily forgotten about. And nobody can take these things away from you. Your knowledge of a craft is going to last as long as your cognitive health does. And people will respect you for these things. And that respect is genuine. Whereas a woman, she's valued primarily just for her looks, which is a shallow and superficial observation. She's going to be treated preferentially because of her looks, because you got that beauty bias, the pretty privilege. And you being a young guy, you see this, you see young women that are living better lives than you just because they're pretty. I mean, they, they can sell pictures of themselves for money and you can't. But remember this when you see that. These looks do not last forever. Whatever fruits they gather from them, the money they receive selling pictures of themselves, they often express expend that money foolishly. They piss it away down the toilet. I mean, who pays thousands of dollars for handbags? Who pays hundreds of dollars for shoes that aren't even comfortable and are rarely worn? I mean, who goes to see psychics and palm readers? It's not men, it's women that pay for this crap. So don't be jealous of these girls. Don't let them get you down and everything. Because a hot girl and her money are soon departed. But because you do not have the luxury of easy money, you have the necessity of learning difficult skills the ability to do hard work, and the mind that makes things of lasting value. To waste that mind or these opportunities are sins against humanity. Your abilities, your tenacities, and intelligence are not privileges. They're gifts, and to be used for the good of mankind, use them. Third reason to be happy just for being a guy is that your labor is more valuable. And I'm not talking about the wage gap, because maybe we could sit here all day and debunk the wage gap. 
But men's value, or men, men's labor is valued more than a woman's because men cannot get pregnant or go on maternity leave. Men don't complain about being sexually harassed and file lawsuits over bullshit. Where was, a guy complimented me in the office. Oh my god, he sexually harassed me because, you know, I don't like him. And I don't want him coming and complimenting me and thinking that he has a chance of me. So I'm going to go file a sexual harassment complaint against him. And the men are also disposable. No one really cares if they die doing the job. So it's not the most positive thing, but it has its trade-off. But people respect your work because they know that working is an obligation that your gender has met for a long time when you're a guy. They also know that you're less likely to call off last minute, less likely to complain about substandard conditions and unpleasant working hours. They understand that you'll put up with all of that if the price is right. So for men, the price is raised. And lastly, women have been demanding that they make as much as their male cohorts, but these same women also want to marry men that make more than they do. I mean, it's a case of wanting to have two things at once that can't possibly coexist, which is leading to much of the loneliness and misery they experience. But you as a man do not have this problem. When you search for a mate, you don't really care if she's a high-income earner or if she has a high net worth. You don't expect her to share her pot of gold with you. So these women have one less thing to declare their sexual market value is higher and can demand a premium for it. But you, on the other hand, you can put a premium on this, on your mating market value. And the fact that you work hard and are recognized for it with greater earnings makes you more appealing. And this isn't to say you should use this to attract gold diggers. It's to say, use this as a bargaining chip to get what you really want, to refuse to settle, and to remind yourself that you are in fact the prize to be won. Not her. Fourth thing here to be happy about is that you will be celebrated legitimately for your accomplishments. You ever heard of uh, Danica Patrick, the race car driver from... Uh, first, she was in the Indy Racing League, then she went on to NASCAR. So, years of racing in the Indy Racing League, the IRL. She was getting pretty good, and even won a race in uh, April of 2008. And the feminists were all raving, Oh, women can do anything men can do! Even better! But here's the thing, no one really cared. Even with this victory displayed all over the news media, very few people had ever heard of Danica Patrick. And firstly, that's just because most racing fans don't watch the IRL. They don't watch the Indy Racing League. They watch NASCAR. And secondly, the athletes that men cheer for and give their allegiance to is not based on things like gender. They often choose to become fans of athletes because they come from the same city or state as them or went to the same college or have a relatable story. So this victory was largely unrecognized. But what put Danica Patrick on the map, though, and why people have heard of her now wasn't because of any victory she had or any prestige that she had as a driver. It's because of her sexy photo shoot for Sports Illustrated. Right after that, that's when she got sponsorship to race in NASCAR, got interviewed on sports shows, and even got sexy TV commercials for her sponsor, uh, GoDaddy. This proves, again, that women are only valued for their looks. And she went on to have a very uneventful NASCAR career and retired from it still pretty young. And you didn't hear a peep out of the feminists after this. Here's the thing is that it's very difficult for women to reach the pinnacle of traditionally male-dominated spaces. However, men are able to reach the pinnacle of female-dominated spaces. Great example is uh, romance novels. Nicholas Sparks is one of the most recognized authors in that space. And he knows very well what women want to read, and even more so than the women who write for women. And this is due to the deductive problem-solving nature and competitive nature that's inherent in us as males. When we look to do something, we seek to become the best that's ever done it. Our best efforts are recognized for what they are. And this goes back to the last two points. You know, you're valued for your labor, not your looks. Your labor 
is valued legitimately. When someone compliments you on a job well done, you don't think they have an ulterior motive. The same cannot be said to a woman who gets complimented on her beauty. You know there's an ulterior motive. Or if you compliment her on anything, you compliment her on, hey, you did a good job there, there could be an ulterior motive in that. So this results in your accomplishments are carved in stone and can't be taken from you. And they won't fade with time. Fifth reason to be happy just for being a guy. Your range of options is wider than you think. Yeah, the, the fact that there's like this league or this woman's out of your league, it's all a myth. There's no woman out of your league. You being even a normal guy, most average guy, I mean, you can't stay average, buddy, but you start out as a very average guy, you are able to get the same caliber of babe as Leonardo DiCaprio without looking like Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, maybe at the biological level, people are attracted to beauty, but women are a little deeper in this aspect than we give them credit for. You see, men will see what is there right in front of them. Because that's the more logical thing to do. But women will see what's not there. Maybe you ever heard a woman say, oh, he's not perfect, but I love him for the man that he could be. And this is often why you'll see a woman with a loser when it, everyone knows she can do better. She sees his potential. And while looks are the main driver of males for partner selection, women have a different driver, and that's hypergamy. This makes them consider more than just the looks of a potential male suitor. They also consider his Social adeptness, emotional maturity, personal responsibility for his outcomes in life, ambitions, net worth, income, social status, the ability to make her laugh, and the ability to make a mundane moment fun. And many of these things are all components of allure. And if you learn allure, you're not limited to the few options at or below your level on that scale of 1 to 10, or your particular sector of the mating market. When you can make a dull moment fun, and interesting. Every woman on earth is an option for you. Women are hit on all the time by thirsty guys in the social media age. They're sent messages in their DMs on Facebook, Instagram. Messages come from guys from all ranges of beauty. And I know because my past girlfriends have shown me looks have come to matter a lot less to them because there are options waiting in line for them at their beck and call. And they get bored with guys really fast. So a guy that's able to ward off her boredom really stands out. Yeah, I'm not going to say appearance isn't important. I'm always going to tell you, yeah, appearance matters. But it's only one of three components that can seal the deal. What matters is good looks, good wealth, and solid allure. So having only one of those three is not good enough. You want to have at least two of those three. I mean, we've all seen the beautiful woman with an ugly guy or an old guy. It's a dead giveaway that's all about money. I mean, look up Selma Hayek's husband. Every guy on earth looks better than him. Even if not, like every guy is able to do some things about their looks, like hitting the gym and getting groomed regularly. So the point I'm making with all of this here is that each of these three things, looks, wealth, allure, they have something about them that you can uh, do to get better at one of them. You, know, you can't make yourself any taller, but you can make yourself look better by going to the gym. You can dress better. You can do better hygiene. Be well-groomed. Your wealth, you can work real hard to increase that. You can learn about how money works, how to invest it, how to protect it, how to grow it. And with the craft of allure, there's so much you can do with that. So many ways you can learn it. So you're not constricted to just the women that you perceive to be in your league. It's not constricted based on how you look, whereas for women it is. If a woman is just not pretty, there are very few male suitors that she's going to be able to attract or win over. Many of the high-value men that they want, they're not going to be able to attain them. Because you know what men value is female youth and beauty. And if she doesn't have those, or if she's missing one of those, it's going to be very difficult for her to 
get a guy of any sort, of any caliber. So when you know this, no woman is out of your league, especially when you know the craft of allure. Because allure is your ability to make her laugh, to inspire positive emotions and memories with her, to make a moment magical to her, to tell her a story that sucks her right in, get her to wonder about you when you're not around, demonstrate emotional intelligence and strength of character, and carry a conversation that she doesn't want to end. When you learn this, no woman is out of your league. And all those guys in like the black pill circles are complaining about this. They say, oh, I don't want to be a dancing monkey. They have this misrepresentation that you providing entertainment is all work and no play on your part. But, you know, firstly, when you're entertaining, I think that you yourself are entertained. I mean, I, I was an actor. I grew up wanting to be an actor. And I wasn't bored while portraying characters on stage. And even if I was in a role that I'd played before, I was still having a good time. It was just fun for me to play it as it was for the audience that was watching it. And when using Allure, it's no different. It's not just her boredom that you're curing, but it's also your own. But then let's suppose that these black pillars are right, that it is all work. Well, it's work you're being compensated for. I mean, after all, you're getting and keeping the attention of a woman that you're attracted to. So isn't that a fair trade-off? And if not, then, well, then why do anything in life? You spend monumentally more time studying for a test than you do taking it. You spend more time training at the gym than you do showing off your chiseled body. And you spend more time working to earn money than you do spending it. Her boredom and craving for excitement are things you can use to your advantage. Because predictability is the polar opposite of excitement. And most guys are just too predictable. And it's in our nature as males to prefer structure and routine. This is what Andrew Tate says, is that you can do anything you want to a woman except bore them. So if you can make life interesting for them, no woman's out of your league. And then the last reason to be happy that you're a guy, be happy just for being a guy, is that your appeal rises with age. There was once an old saying that goes like, men age like wine and women age like milk. Now, if we look at Tom Cruise and Kelly McGinnis from Top Gun, I mean, they both were young and sexy when the movie was made back in the 1980s. But look at them today. You see, uh, Tom Cruise, he's aged more gracefully. But that's not the point I'm making here. You see, this couple isn't necessarily a representative sample of the population. And you don't want to use this as a coping mechanism or an allowance for letting yourself go as you age. Because I tell you what, mi middle aging is a serious problem. Like, they call it middle aging because you stop growing vertically at the top and the bottom. And you start growing out horizontally in the middle. You start getting fat. Uh, the whole thing, everything you hear about the dad bod, it's disgusting, all right? No woman finds it sexy. They're lying to you. Don't buy that bullshit. They only say that because they don't want you holding them to beauty standards. And here's how you know. It's just Let's look at the data. Because we live in the age of data now. What does the empirical evidence say? Empirical evidence says that they want a certain body type. I mean, the fireman calendar it is always the hot guys, it's never the dad bod guys. But here's what else we see from empiricism, is that if we look at OkCupid, the youthfulness only gives a boost of market value to women, not men. And they find that a woman's desirability that uh, reaches its pinnacle at probably age 21, roughly, and then after 31, she's considered to be past her prime. But a man doesn't reach his peak until age 36. And they also discovered that a man after age 26 has more potential matches than his female counterparts. He's more sought after in his 30s than a woman is in her 20s. Because men's dating preferences skew young and the women's are age equitable, men peak later and have a longer plateau of desirability than women. And that's because it takes longer for a man to mature. It takes longer for you to 
rise up through the ranks, make partner in the law firm, get residency as a doctor at the hospital. Takes a long time. And quite often guys might be hotter in their 20s, but they lack social skills and dating experience to be alluring. They haven't developed or earned genuine confidence from actual victories or recoveries from losses. They also might not have had their career working for them yet. But fast forward to their 30s, and they could still be hot if they're taking care of themselves and have had lots of experience with women and dating and legitimate confidence and establishment in their careers. And I'll tell you, speak from my own experience, I've had far more attractive dating partners in my 30s than I ever did in my 20s. And male beauty standards also tend to be more forgiving of other signs of aging, like gray hair. That doesn't mean let yourself go, but it also means, yeah, you don't have to be perfect. If you're a guy that takes care of yourself with grooming and going to the gym, well, you're a rare commodity the older you get, and you stand out for, among your peers further. Whereas a woman's sex appeal is based largely off of her appearance and youthfulness, but male sex appeal is more complex. It's not about how old you are, but how old you act. And by default, a younger woman is preferable to men than her older competitors because she has more time ahead of her to retain those good looks, and the effects of aging on the appearance are further away. The only exception to this is that when a woman is obese in her 20s, but lost all that weight in her 30s and 40s, but sure, there's still uh, some women in their 30s and 40s that don't seem to have any trouble finding potential partners, and that's because the majority of males are thirsty. But what they're missing is that the males they get attention from are not top-tier desirable males of that age. Those top-tier guys are going after the hotter women in their 20s. The older women might not even know that these better men exist because they aren't likely to be sharing social circles with 20-year-old girls. So if you think you're not getting enough options for your dating life right now, or are not getting the best options you think you deserve, then this is the best advice I have for you. Wait. Just wait. Because a woman in her 20s, she has an abundance of men seeking her attention, and she may trample on the hearts of a few decent young guys without even noticing them, but the roles get reversed one degree at a time. Ignore this woman for now. If you're in your 20s, just ignore these women for right now. Get to work on creating achievements in your life where you can get them. Because the 180th degree gets turned before she even realizes what's happening. So don't be selling yourself short before you reach your peak value. And don't fall for the delusions and myths of soulmates and unmarried loneliness. I mean, your 20s might suck now, but they won't last forever. And neither will hers. And that is it for us today. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you've got something that you're struggling with, along your journey across the red pill road or improving your life to a reinvented life as a male and to the new ideal. If you've got something that you need answers to, send me an email like this listener did. I keep you anonymous here because I don't want you to get in trouble if uh, someone from work finds it. I keep you anonymous for that reason. But send me an email to Cairo at reinventideal.com. That's Cairo at reinventideal.com. Now see if I can devote an entire episode to helping you out here. Please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland, your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. How to talk to nines and tens, the social intelligence to connect emotionally with a woman. Do you freeze up when you see a hot girl? Do you struggle with knowing what to say to her or fear running out of things to say? Do you yearn to attract women through conversation? All of these problems are 100% fixable. 
What if you could start a conversation with any woman at any time, anywhere? What if you never ran out of things to say to keep the conversation going without boring or annoying her? What if you could captivate a woman's attention easily and connect with her emotions effortlessly? What if you could flirt her up without creeping her out? That would be a more ideal life, wouldn't it? I'm telling you that all of this is 100% possible. How to talk to nines and tens will show you step by step how to accomplish this with a proven system that goes from opening to flirting to closing. You'll discover how to effortlessly start a conversation with any woman you want. The fastest way to find out if she likes you. Shortcuts to get past small talk. How to never run out of things to say. How to flirt her up without creeping her out. The way to ask for a date that she can't say no to. How to emotionally connect with her. And the one thing that separates the studs from the simps. With actionable advice and step-by-step -step instruction, you can immediately put it into practice and start having better conversations with beautiful women today. How to talk to nines and tens. Available on Amazon and Audible. Pick up your copy at reinventideal.com slash talk. That's reinventideal.com slash talk talk.